0: I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmer Time. You are going to love my guest today. Scott Galloway, welcome. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me. Really fascinating topic and interviewee. So Scott has... Deep Ties in the Business World, and he teaches at the Stern School of Business here at NYU in New York City. He's been a board member with several companies, including the New York Times, and the reason he's here today is because Scott's written a book, it's called The Four, The Hidden DNA of Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google. Yep. I've got a thousand questions. All right. Uh, First, the premise for your book, and I want you to tell our audience, I'll, I'll go ahead and lay out the connection you make between these technology companies, and human biology, yeah. all right? Google represents the brain.
1: Yeah, or God, how, our need for a super being. How come? So since we've emerged from caves, we uh, our competitive advantage as a species is our brain. Our brain is so big that we have to expel babies prematurely, uh, and our brain is robust enough to ask really complicated questions but not sophisticated enough to answer them. So enter a super being. We've always had a need for an all-knowing authority that will – Take prayer or a query into the skies, process it, send it back. Will my kid be all right? Now it's symptoms and treatment of croup into the Google query box. We trust Google more than any priest, rabbi, scholar, mentor, or boss. If we were to take your name, Bill, and your picture and put it above everything you have typed into that box, you would find you trust Google more with your desires, fetishes, health concerns, plans than any other entity that's in the history of that, mankind. That's scary. It is scary. Whoa. Facebook, you say, is the heart. Love. Our species not only needs to be loved, kids with poor nutrition, but good affection have better outcomes than kids with uh, good nutrition and poor affection, but we need to love others. The strongest indicator of whether you're going to see 100 years of age is not your genetics, not your lifestyle, but how many people in your life do you love? To love people is literally to extend your lifetime, and I think Facebook, mostly through imagery is helping us create empathy, catalyze and reinforce relationships, tapping into our need to li- to mm. love others. Are you a psychologist? <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> it Hardly. sounds
0: like it. Amazon, you say, is the stomach, and I think I think I know why.
1: The consumptive gut. More for less is the always oh, the winning strategy in business. It's the strategy of China, Walmart, and now Amazon, typically the most valuable company in the world, which I believe Amazon will be captures the the strategy around more for less because the penalty for too little bill is starvation the penalty for too much is lethargy or gluttony but open your closets open your cupboards you have between 10 and 100x more than what you need. And the next thought after realizing you have too much is, I want more. So more for less Mm. never goes out of style. Amazon's our gut.
0: Apple, you say, is our reproductive organs.
1: So survival, our number one instinct. Number two is procreation, our ability to signal that we have good genes through power, elegance, being part of the innovation class and appreciation for artisanship and having the success to afford a $1,200 phone, which is effectively a $300 phone. Mm signals that you have good genes and are a worthy mate. So you want to signal you have bad genes, pay with a Discover card or have ad-supported Pandora. If you want to show that you are a good mate, you have an iPhone.
0: Mm. I want to come back to that iPhone X in a moment here because I, I have some thoughts on that too. Yep. And I, based on your answer, I don't think you're going to agree with what, what I think. I want to summarize, and I've, I've seen a lot of your interviews. Yep. i read a lot of reviews on your book and yep. seen your TED Talks and video speeches uh, on YouTube, etc. I want to summarize what I think I heard from sure. you in an interview you did about a week ago. And, and tell me what I've got correct and what I'm missing. But this is what I heard from you as to how the big run for big tech ends. Yep. For Amazon, doubles in stock price. Mm-hmm. expands further in American business mm-hmm. then the government steps in and breaks it up.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if it starts I don't know if it starts in the US, I think it's more likely to start in Europe. I think the war against big tech is going to break out where the biggest wars have broken out and it's in continental Europe because they register all of the downside, the job destruction, the concerns about privacy, the weaponization of of these platforms by foreign entities. But they don't register as much upside as we do here in the U.S., Bill. We, we register a lot of upside from big tech. Amazon's the number one recruiter of kids out of my class. They're a source of national pride. There isn't a nation in the world that wouldn't take all of the problems if these companies would relocate their headquarters. But I think when Amazon makes the jump to warp speed, which I think they will soon, especially with all the, the, the places pieces they're putting in place around this, what I would call zero-click ordering – I think in two to three years, 60 to 70% of all your purchases are going to be done through Amazon Prime, and they're going to do it before you even ask. They're going to send two boxes, one with the stuff they think they know you want, mm. and one empty one, and you'll send the stuff you don't want back. And you'll manicure just by whispering to this butler called Alexa, and I believe mm-hmm. the stock's going to become anti-gravity, and we're going to see such incredible job destruction, such incredible dominance in the markets, which we have right now stocks go up and down based on what Amazon is or isn't doing even now. So true.
0: So true about and I that. Think, I think we're going to find a reason to break them. How long in the future is that time? 12 to 24 months. 12 to 24 months?
1: I think Amazon's I, going to be the most valuable company in the world in 12 I, to 24 months. I thought you were months. going to say five to 10 years. I think it's happening really fast. I think they're and look i i've been I said Amazon was going to acquire a brick and mortar retailer five years ago, and I was wrong for five years, so maybe my timeline 's off but amazon is on is on the verge of what I would call zero click ordering and i don 't know this, but they have all the pieces in place to basically say to you, if you want to buy a panorama, you want to buy a porsche that 's fun. go do that. but for all the little consideration purchases in your life, grocery, paper towels, auto insurance. Just let us do it. We have a warehouse within 20 miles of 45% of the U.S. population. We have your credit card, your purchase history, incredible trust around value with you. And now we have this butler following you around your home called Mm -hmm. Alexa. So why not let us handle everything? And they don't need to do it for many people. They just need to run the test and show that they can take households from 1,300 to 7,000. I've got
0: a few questions in a little bit here about how technology is entering the home. And I want to get back to Alexa on that. Jeff Bezos, who runs Amazon, yep. owns Amazon. Uh, CEO also owns the Washington Post. Yep. And if you're predicting a breakup of yep. Amazon within two years, yep. Jeff Bezos is lobbying this government already. I would assume. Yep. And in part, that has to go through the ownership that he has of the Washington Post. True or not?
1: Yeah, it is true. And again, when I say breakup, it could be fines of billions and billions of dollars. It could be. I think what the way this plays out. I think Jeff Bezos is arguably the smartest uh, person in business. He sees the tide turn against them, and he will spin prophylactically AWS, which will be good for shareholders because as two separate that's
0: their web services.
1: Yeah, their their storage storage um, uh, Amazon Web Services. Uh, because what that would do is stave off regulators, and I think it'd be good for shareholders. I think the two companies as independents are probably worth more than even the combined right now. But the worm has turned on big tech, and I think we're going to see much more uh, – I think we're going to see backbones stiffened by regulators, mostly in Europe but also in the U.S. How come it's turned, do you think? I think it's been a variety of things, everything from the cultural problems at Uber. Uh, the straw that I think is breaking the camel's back is the weaponization of Facebook and Google by an intelligence unit of the Russian government. I think that is really – uh, a, a, a serious issue. Is that because it hits Republicans and Democrats? They're getting it from both sides. Yeah. Uh, the far right doesn't feel they have a seat at the table with these incredibly kind of progressive companies, if you will. Their management's very progressive and they, they, they highlight their progressive values and they don't feel they have a seat at the table. And then the far left is worried about uh, what they see as contamination of our electoral process and job destruction. So you have both sides coming after big tech right mm. now.
0: Um, The other thing I heard from the interview I mm-hmm. referenced a few moments ago is how the big run for big tech ends with regard to Facebook and Google. Yep. You stated Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg testified before Congress. They're sworn in. They raise their right hand. Yep. And then they're asked under oath, are you a media company?
1: And they say no. And you argue everybody knows they actually are. The textbook def- – literally the dictionary definition of media – is a medium used for reach and influence. So Facebook defines the term media more than any company in the world right now. You spend a billion dollars on original content. You pay sports franchises to develop original content for you. 40 to 50% of Americans get their news from Facebook. And then you run ads against this content. And to say you're not a media company is lying. And the thing that damages firms in a crisis is not the crisis itself, but is what is perceived as an underreaction to the crisis. So when, when uh, someone goes home and takes Tylenol and drops dead, it's an opportunity to a certain extent for Johnson & Johnson who overcorrected and cleared the shelves of every Tylenol uh, bottle. They could have easily said, this is an isolated incident. It's over, nothing to worry about. They didn't. They cleared the shelves. What we've had with Facebook is a series of half measures and denials that is getting everybody angrier and angrier. Martha Stewart didn't go to prison for insider trading. She went to prison for denying it. Rupert Murdoch um,
0: in this building <clears> – <throat> I, I I say this because I know of your board time with the New York Times. Mm-hmm. My sense is from you that they're stealing intellectual capital and reproducing it for their own gain and not sending the profits back to a New York Times or a Wall Street Journal. They're taking that human capital and using it for their own, true or not? The
1: stupidest thing we've ever done in print media was buying into this BS notion that information wants to be free so Google could come into our ser- servers, chop up our content, and then monetize it using s- – using AdWords and not chart. Uh, imagine ca- cable networks never, let, never bought into this notion that information wants to be free. They don't let YouTube chop up football games. You can't go into YouTube and type in funniest moments from Modern Family last night. But for some reason in print at the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, we decided to let Google show up with a dump truck and literally take money out of our vaults. We should have shut down, and I propose this in my second board meeting in the New York Times, the Salzburgers. The Murdochs, whoever owns the Pearsons, the 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 new houses should have all gotten together and said, we are shutting down Google, and they should have licensed that gorgeous content to the highest bidder and monetized those newsrooms. Instead, we bought into this ridiculous notion that information wants to be free, mm. d- literally expedited the decline of print journalism. Here's
0: my feeling on that: is See, you know, look, I work for News Corporation, right? Yep. We're in that building here in Midtown Manhattan, and- uh, Murdoch's paying a lot of money to have bureaus all over the world. Yep. That, that There's a price for that. Yep. And he's led the way, I believe, on the paywall. Yeah. You, you, can't get, you can't get a Wall Street Journal article unless you have a subscription. Yeah. And now, has he, would you argue, been the leader in that, um, in that cause to defend people like you who are making the case in favor of
1: the New York Times and every other medium? So I think both the Wall Street Journal, uh, uh, three, Wall Street Journal, The New York Times, and the FT have embraced kind of a metered paywall. Uh, so I don't know. I'm not sure you could anoint anyone as being the beacon for you know, five, pushing, raging against the machine. But quite frankly, they all failed. They all did it too late. They should have never let their content go on those platforms. Why do you think they did? Because everybody wants to be seen with the hot girl or the quarterback, these were the cool companies, and we want to hang out with them, and we want to be more innovative and be seen as more innovative and embracing the future. They did it again with Facebook instant articles. We took the we sprayed bullets all over our feet, and then took a break, took the gun and stuck it in our mouth with this Facebook instant article, so we could be on the largest distribution network yeah. again. LVMH. Does not let you sell, or Hermes does not sell Birkenbags through Walmart. The Wall Street Journal and the New York Times decided to sell the best content in the world through Walmart, through Google and mm. Facebook. Stupidest thing in media history. And
0: Now they're trying to pull that
1: string pull back, it all back, and
0: I, I, I ask you, is it possible? Yes or no? It's
1: too late. Too late. Too. I think they mm. should still try. I think I should still try. So
0: Amazon operates in a way, I believe, um, and again, a lot of these are my thoughts, and you give me a course correction where you believe it's appropriate. They operate in a way where Walmart used to operate 20 years ago. If Mm -hmm. I'm Coca-Cola, I I need to be on your store shelf. Mm -hmm. And you as a corporation, Walmart, you're telling me that I can make seven cents on a case of Mm Coca-Cola. But still, Coca-Cola needs to be on that. Store shelf for Walmart. Yeah, they need the distribution. So now with Amazon, it has so many suppliers
1: mm-hmm.
0: that Amazon can tell all those suppliers what they can sell their price for today.
1: Mm-hmm. True or not? That is true. But that's not the most dangerous or powerful thing about Amazon. What is it? Well, even as a percentage of retail, Amazon does more revenue than. Uh, sorry, Walmart does more revenue than Amazon. the The most interesting thing that's changed the fundamental power of Amazon and is unprecedented is Amazon, unlike Walmart, has been able to tell them repl- replace profits with vision and growth. They've said to investors, we're going to give customers 100 cents on every dollar back. Walmart gives 90 cents back to the consumer. In other words, they keep about 8 or 10% margins or operating margins. So, But Amazon has convinced investors to never get their lips around the crack cocaine of profits and their stock continues to go up. So Amazon is playing by a different set of rules because they can invest 100 cents on the dollar back in the product and offer things. I don't know if you saw lately, yesterday the news came out, Amazon is now subsidizing prices on Amazon's marketplace such that they can have the lowest prices on the web. And Meaning can,
0: Amazon is paying for if, the if, difference. If
1: you and I set up a clothing shop on Amazon's marketplace and we're selling a suit for 150 bucks, and Amazon sees that it's sold for 140 elsewhere... It doesn't demand that we sell for 140. It chimes in and gives ten bucks back to the consumer such that it can have the lowest prices. Um, So is there anything wrong with that? I mean it's a capitalistic world. Um, fair point. Consumers benefit, consumers benefit, Amazon benefits, shareholders benefit. The the question is the following. If a company can continue if a company can ascend to a half a trillion dollars in market value without ever being profitable, and pay no income tax, and also start destroying kind of every other retailer in sight or taking the, the the price of consumer stocks down 10 to 30% by just threatening to go into that sector? Do we have a company because of this new compact with investors that is so dominant in the market that we have a failure in markets, that we have one player or one entity that is controlling the market, which is the definition of a failed market? So I wonder if technology and innovation have outpaced regulation in our tax code. That's the danger, Bill, is that we end up with so few retailers and so few companies that can get access to the capital markets because everybody is waiting around to see what Amazon does. Do you mm-hmm. real- I believe Amazon could take the the stock market value of any consumer company in America down by 10 to 30% in 30 days just with press releases. So is that a good thing, Alexa? <laughs> Fair question. W- when I was
0: prepping for this, I, I felt as if I was... Always going toward a place of negativity. Yep. Um, and I, I i don't think of a I don't think I was being fair to this discussion we're sure. having because I think I, I wonder if our discussion here just takes sure. on a negative tone as yep. opposed to recognizing perhaps the innovation of these companies, how fast they've grown and what they've done for us. I mean, you, you can stay in contact
1: yeah. with your kids 24 hours a yeah. day. That's not a bad thing. I love these companies. I own stocks in them. The, Amazon's the number one recruiter out of my class. I think they're good for America. I think the net-net is their positive entities. I have tremendous admiration for them. The first half of the book is trying to understand the DNA of these companies so entrepreneurs can learn from them. That's not the question. The question is would we have a more robust economy in this full-body contact sport we called capitalism if it was Facebook or Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp? Would we really be worse off? Would we be going down this dangerous socialist path if Facebook didn't have six of the ten top apps, if it only had four of the six? Would we have more venture capital going to more companies? Would we have more job growth? And I wonder if we're at that point where there is so much power aggregated by so few companies, that we need more referees on the field. I'm a big believer in the competition, running into the end zone, making billions of dollars. But throughout history, when companies get too dominant, we step in and we say, okay, this company looks like it's getting six tries at first down, and Mm -hmm. we want to change that. Google has a greater share of search than I believe the railroads or Ma Bell did when they were broken up. So I think this is about capitalism. I think this is about winning and continuing to win. It's remarkable stuff. Uh, One more question on
0: this point. Uh, You mentioned you were on Fox Business, and this dovetails into that. Then I want to take our conversation Mm -hmm. into the home, which is really the future for technology companies. Facebook, Instagram. I think whether you're a Fox News anchor or whether you're a 15-year-old high school football player, you're posting online and you're examining how many likes you have. Yeah. Did it catch on or not? Did people respond to what I posted? So I'm wondering, I think a lot of that is based on code. It's the program that's written into the system Mm -hmm. that allows you or me or a 15-year-old kid to distribute whatever it is they want others to see. So why can't Facebook change the code every quarter Yep. so when Wall Street comes knocking to see what sort of... Uh, user exchange you have for the past three months. Yep. Why can't you just rewrite the code that that gets you Scott or yep. me in front of five thousand more people or five hundred? Well, they can rewrite or the code. fifty thousand, which means you can control every three months. Let's say, yeah. Um, what your user level is, yep. and you can affect the stock price by simply changing the computer code. Which is fundamentally different from, say, Ford selling a truck, mm-hmm. right? Because you have a physical Ford F-150 that you, that you show that you have sold to someone else. In this case, however, it's computer software
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's coding that you and I will never have access to. What about the manufacturing of a stock price? Is that a valid point?
1: Wow, you're going, you're going kind of two degrees beyond where I usually go. I think Facebook, my understanding of them is that they are very conservative and thoughtful about the revenues they report as it relates to their earnings calls. And that they're, they, I have no evidence and I've never really thought that they're using their, their programming capability to in any way manipulate the stock. What they can do though is that they can convince us or brands to spend hundreds of millions of dollars to develop fan pages, a Nike page, and then people will like it. And then once you have them, won't this be great? You'll have a group of self-identified people you'll be able to communicate directly to Nike, so it's worth spending tens of millions of dollars. So all of these brands across America spent tens of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions building these communities, and then Facebook changed the code and said, the only way you can now reach these people you thought you owned is to advertise more. It's the equivalent of building a house and having the county show up and say, just kidding, we're changing the locks, you've got to rent it from us. So one of the greatest bait and switch in marketing history was Facebook convincing advertisers they would own these communities, and they had 100% organic reach, and then it went down to 10, 8, now it's zero. You want to reach your community? Fine. You need to buy more advertising.
0: And that is just part one of my interview with Scott Galloway. Remember, he's the author of the new book, The Four. It's the hidden DNA of Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google. In part two of my interview, we'll go inside your home to find out what these companies are doing next. Don't miss it. I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmer Time.